Right to be Read Podcast, episode number 71. Interview with Jesse Krieger. Are you struggling trying to figure out how to sell copies of your book, especially the first 100 copies? The Author Marketing Institute is offering access to their latest free video course called Selling the First 100 Copies of Your Book. This is the course everyone should have when they started publishing. It goes through all the basics from starting a mailing list to experimenting with different prices. If you follow the instructions in this course, you should be primed and ready to sell your first 100 copies, if not many more. Sign up for free at www.authormarketinginstitute.com. You are listening to the Right to Be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to Be Read podcast. I'm Ani Alexander, and as always, with every single episode, I'm trying to encourage and inspire you. So today we will be having another interview, but before we get there, I would like to share with you about something very special we've been working on. What I have in mind is a free live webinar which will be taking place on February 18th and I strongly encourage you to save that date and to register to the webinar because it will help you discover how to use the power of podcasting to gain audience, get in front of avid readers and sell more books in just seven easy steps and the good news is that you can start straight away, you don't need to have a prior podcasting experience or anything. And what's special about this is that this webinar was created especially for my audience and that is you, the Right to be Read podcast listeners. And the content was specifically created in order to provide actual value and um, respond to all the struggles and challenges you're having right now. Another special element of this is that the webinar will be held by Maron Barakat from the Podcast Incubator. And uh, Maron, for those of you who haven't heard about him, he's actually my personal podcasting guru because uh, just three weeks before I launched Right to be Read podcast, I knew nothing about podcasting and everything I've learned, I've learned from him. Okay, so save the date of February 18th and uh, go to register for the free webinar which I'm absolutely sure that will be completely valuable and will not waste your time. So uh, the webinar page is at www.annialexander.com slash webinar. Just hop over there, register and make sure that you don't miss this really great opportunity. Once again, www.annialexander.com slash webinar. Okay, and let me now introduce my today's guest. Today, I will be talking to Jesse Kruger. Jesse is the best-selling author of the book called Lifestyle Entrepreneur. And uh, I think that he knows exactly what he wrote about because in real life, he himself is a lifestyle entrepreneur too. Hello, Jesse, and thank you so much for coming over. Welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. 
Thank you. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we finally made it. You know, the, <laughs> the time difference is quite a challenge for for me. So I'm really totally. glad that no, I appreciate that you it. staying up late to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting used to it. You know, I'm I'm kind of shifting to the U.S. time zone <laughs> periodically, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so let's start um, with uh, the following. I I know that you're a lifestyle entrepreneur and you're making money doing what you love. But has it been like this uh, always or you were one of those who had those boring day jobs and which they didn't like, etc., etc.? What what was your story? Yeah, that's I mean, sure. I, I mean, starting out um, I never even imagined I'd go into business. When I was young, I was really just, I played guitar and I was in rock bands and all I really cared about was music. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until my early 20s, like I think at age 21, uh, I decided <clears throat> to really get serious about having music as a career to start our own record label. And so my bandmate and I formed a a record label for our our band, and that's how I started learning business, sort of like through the filter of this passion of mine, which was music. Mm-hmm. And so, so honestly, I never even really started down this traditional path. Or I feel very fortunate that there's never really been a time where I've, you know, been doing a job or, or work that I like hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean it's always been easy. <laughs> there's been tons of times when I've tried things and they haven't worked, or you know, running out of money, trying to make your business grow, or any, you know, any other number of problems that come with uh, that come with any entrepreneurship endeavor. But I'd rather have those problems than <laughs> wake up dreading, you know, to get out of bed because I don't want to go to a job or do something I, I don't enjoy. Okay, so you were lo- one of those lucky ones who avoided that part completely. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, honestly, there is some luck involved in it, but it's also, I have, I have very strong-willed in some respects. Like, I, I more or less insisted that <laughs> that I was not going to have, uh, you know, a corporate job. Uh-huh. So I'd say one part luck and three parts determination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So w- what happened next? Because actually, you know, um, most of us don't know you as a rock star. So something happened in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a, it's funny. I mean, the first thing I write about in my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, is all about identity. And I feel like I've had a number of different identities in my adult life, from musician and touring uh, rock guitarist to you know, investment banker and international business consultant to uh, startup entrepreneur and and now author and publisher. So I, I sort of move from one thing to another as I get interested or discover a new field or industry that I'm, you know, intrigued by. And then ultimately I find that business becomes the best lever or the best tool to understand uh, a new field or a new you know, a new industry. Mm-hmm. So when I think about entrepreneurship, it's never just like random. It's not just like pointing at a list of industries and saying, oh, I think I'll go into, you know, promotional products. There's some other reason that ties into the identity piece. Like, and uh, anyways, we could talk about business forever, but <laughs> ultimately, you know, after doing a number of different startups and, and founding and co-founding businesses in my 20s, I was like, I should write, I should 
ask myself what my process is and then write it down. And that became the basis for my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, which sort of set me down this path of first being a, you know, an author and then a best-selling author, but now having published other authors and you know, I'm working on a next book and I have an author training program. So you can see how you know, getting interested in, in books and writing a book became a doorway into so many other mm-hmm. avenues of business within that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And do you think that entrepreneurship is really linked to the personality of, of someone and that, you know, there are some people who are like more inclined or more, or more suited to become successful entrepreneurs and there are some who want? Like, does anyone who would like to quit his job is kind of eligible, not eligible, but, you know, capable to become an entrepreneur, you think? Well, I I want to say yes. I mean, <laughs> I think there are people that are more uh, inclined towards being entrepreneurs, but I think anybody is capable of it. We all have the same, we all have the skills to, it's basically a creative process with the way I see it. You know, it's having an idea and taking that idea and turning it into something real and then getting other people to interact with it by buying it or, you know, taking part in a program. So it really just becomes a creative process uh, and everybody's capable to do that. Now, is everybody willing to take the the risk um, of leaving something that's secure or pushing their comfort zone? Because ultimately, you have to grow a lot as a person in order to grow your business. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's willing to do that. So everybody's able to. Everybody's capable, but not everybody's willing is what I would say. <laughs> okay, I see. And what about, let's say, if... Um people who are writing books let's say but they're not doing it professionally and they work full-time somewhere else uh how do you see like what can be the potential transition they can make later on towards like uh, uh, becoming a full-time writers or maybe even making money somewhere else in order to kind of free themselves and have more time um to write like i don't know passive income streams or what can be like their escape route possibly? Well, here's the the interesting thing. I mean, it's a good question and, and it touches on uh, sort of the elephant in the room, which is, you know, can you really make money as an author? And Mm -hmm. the answer is yes, but, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so it's yes, it's possible. Of course, Uh, there's many successful authors, but then there's many, many more who don't make very much money at all from writing a book, even if it does well. And there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, one of them would be if you you know, work with a publisher and you're only getting 10% of you know, the amount that your book sells for. And if you don't sell a lot of books, even if you do well, you still may not make any money. Right? But then if you self-publish, you could sell a lot of books and uh, keep you know, 70% of it if you sell it by yourself through Amazon. Even if you sell a lot of books there, you still won't make a ton of money. So how do you actually make a living as an author? It's actually something I've I've focused on a lot and is one of the topics of my forthcoming book, which is all about how to use your book to build a business and brand around it. So in other words, you know, like uh, the experience I had with Lifestyle Entrepreneur was, yeah, I wrote the book and it did become a bestseller in, in a couple of different countries. But the 
part where I actually made money was the book becomes the basis for a, a business training program I do. And I have business coaching clients that I, that I worked with after the book came out. And uh, I put together you know, an audio training program and then a number of other things, webinars and joint ventures. So the book became like uh, the doorway to all the possibilities to make money that are related to the book, but it's not necessarily making a lot of money just from selling a lot of books, if that makes sense. Yeah, so we can say that the book is like a, just one part of the whole business puzzle, and it kind of it, it's the entry point where you uh, use this book as a business card to lead to somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I like to say the book is is like the hook. Your book is your hook. Uh-huh. So the, your book is somebody could read it, and some somebody could read a book and get a lot out of it, and and great, right? But some people read a book, and then they're like, I want to do more. And so if you have an an opportunity for people to do more with you or with a business or with something that you've set up uh, for people that have read your book then it creates a possibility to to build a real business on it. So it, this works with, you know, like business books, with how-to books, with self-help books, if you're going to do like life coaching and things like that. It doesn't work. I mean, I won't say it doesn't work. I don't have experience doing it with like fiction or mm-hmm. biography or history books. So again, we're talking about a certain kind of book here that lends itself to this model. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's, uh, you know, maybe someday I'll explore how this could work for other types of books too. Mm-hmm, I see. So uh, let's say, uh, how did it go? I mean, you wrote the book and later on created the other components of the business, like the trainings and the coachings, etc. Or the book brought the demand and people started connecting to you and then you saw that there is the need and created those. How, how did it go? Which one came first? Which second? Um, the, it, it was sort of both. It was a combination of both, but really, uh, I sort of knew when I was getting ready to publish Lifestyle Entrepreneur that I, that I did want to do, um, business training and coaching. And I had done this before I had a book too, but I wanted it to be based around, you know, the type of business I'm talking about in my book. And so, I mean, really, I, I created one or two. I created like an audio training program, but but I just did that without getting any input from readers, really. Uh-huh. Uh, but when I really started to interact with readers and, and figure out what they wanted to learn and, and do and experience, that was when I created a weekend program called Business in a Weekend. And, uh, and I've taught that live to people in over 20 countries from uh, <laughs> from the same microphone I'm talking into now. So, like, I ran this as an online... Uh, webinar-based training for a whole weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, and people could take part in it from anywhere, right? So, at something like that, you know, the price is like four hundred ninety-seven dollars for a weekend training course. Well, you'd have to sell hundreds of books, right, to make that same amount, and so that just shows the difference in earning potential. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, everybody could have read the book that's in the program, but just a few people that read the book that take a program actually generates uh, a decent amount of money. 
Yeah, exactly. So how did you exactly link those together? Let's say you're having the book which is selling and is selling very well. Uh, how are the reading readers, how do they know what else they can get and how they can get in touch with you? Do you include it in the book somehow? How did you incorporate those? Together? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that one of the... Uh, so yes, is the answer. I mean, if in the introduction to my book at the end, I say, hey, uh, you know, connect with me. Here's my email. Let me know what you learned from this book. And then I also give a link to my blog. The blog has information, uh, you know, it's got a bunch of great articles and resources. And then it also has information on the different programs and trainings. And then in the back of the book, uh, after all of the book, I have three different pages that describe the products and programs that I have available. So it's like, it, I think this is an important point. Uh, that the book itself is not a marketing tool. Like, sure, I make a mention in the introduction and at the end of the book, but it's not like every single page uh, I'm explaining an idea and then I say, learn more about this in my program. That's not the point of the book. The book stands on its own as a useful resource, but then you also do include uh, the mentions and you know the just giving the opportunity for people to select into doing more with you as the author. Okay, I see. And now um, let's th just touch this point. Uh, I think that since we're talking business now, and I think even with fiction authors, the author is kind of entrepreneur himself, because if, especially the self-published authors are kind of entrepreneurs, and they are also personal brands, which they have to kind of, you know, address and market and, and establish that brand, first of all. So uh, how, how one addresses this issue? Let's say uh, we have someone who's just starting, so he doesn't really have anything, any audience in place, and he's starting from scratch. What are like the first steps and the first elements that he should have in place to set everything up? In the very beginning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So, when I look at, for example, okay, I'll get, I'll use my my forthcoming book as an example here. Right, I have a, a book that's coming out called The Big Idea: Build a Book Based Business and Brand. So it's basically about how to use a book like we're describing to be the foundation for a business. Mm -hmm. And so when I started writing the book, I said, okay, how am I going to structure this content? So the big idea, the word idea, is actually what I call a content framework, right? So it's I-D-E-A, and it stands for Ignite, Develop, Execute, and Accelerate Your Best-Selling Book Launch. Uh -huh. so, so as a way to start, I recommend starting with the core idea of your book. I mean, this, the core concept of your book, right? And structure that in a content framework. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to spell a word. But you've seen other things like this, like the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. Right? Even the title tells you, oh, there's going to be seven things in this book that are going to help me be more effective. So then once you know what those seven things are, then you just have to write it in order to create the core content for your book. Or, uh, you know, there's other things like price, product, promotion, and people, right? Or there's all these other things that are either start with the same letter or you know, seven this or five of that, or a, a content framework like the big idea. These are all ways to start generating um, 
you know, content, but also a way to, to create an outline before you start writing. Because it's very daunting to sit down and look at a blank piece of paper and be like, okay, what am I going to write my book about? Yeah, it is. So if, you, <laughs> so if you instead think like, okay, what are, you know, what are some areas of, you know, what, am I, what do I want to write about? And then how can I structure that in a way that you know, the book will flow and make sense before you start writing the actual content itself? So that's how I recommend getting started is get the overarching concept like, clear in your mind. Okay, I see. And many advise that one should start marketing the book at the same point or even before he starts writing the book itself. What's your approach about this? Uh, not, not before you start writing the book, especially if it's, if it's your first book, because, I mean, how are you going to know what you're marketing if you're still in the creation process? But if you're, I would say if you're a little experienced or if you've written a book before, then you understand how much time each step of the process takes and then you could market, you know, definitely do a lot of marketing before the book comes out. But I would I'd say first focus on start writing and getting something great. And completing uh, the book. <laughs> yeah, or, or knowing if you're like 80% complete, then it's like, okay, let's start thinking about the marketing and we'll, you know, the timing will all line up by, by the time, you know, book launch day comes around. But uh, but it's more important to focus on creating a great book than it is to do tons and tons of marketing, you know, long, long time in advance. If the book is really good, then once it's out, you can market it for years. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> lifestyle entrepreneur has been out for two years, and and uh, you know, I'm doing is my second or third interview this week on it. So a book has a lifespan that can stretch for years and years. Um, so my advice then is not to focus on marketing as much as creating a great book that people will want to read and talk about for years to come. Okay, I see. Well, let's say someone created a book, which is a good one. Well, if it's the first one, it, it won't be great, but it's it's a good, decent book with, with the professional cover, professionally edited, and, you know, with, with a great message, etc. So all works well. They kind of, you know, did the homework and came up with a good book. But later on, they self-publish it on Amazon and, you know, check their statistics and don't really see much sales and those which they have kind of dry out with the time and uh, the writer gets discouraged. So what can he do in order to kind of revive the thing and get some results and, um, you know, uh, save the situation, let's say? Well, it's interesting because... You know, just like we were just talking about, since books do have such a long life, I mean, uh, you know, some books, if you go back into history, like Aristotle and Plato, books can be around for thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. So don't worry if, you know, one week your book's in a chart and then the next week it's not in a bestseller list. You can do a new promotion and, and get it back up there. It's like there's there's so many different platforms for like uh, book marketing and promotions that once you start looking around and finding other authors that have the same, that focus on the same topics, uh, and start to look at who's doing, you know, book-related promotions in, in this industry or this field, then start becoming a part of those. Like, I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, I know that it won't be yesterday when you're listening to this, but <laughs> yesterday for me, um, lifestyle entrepreneur was part of a promotion. 
where uh, 15 different books on entrepreneurship were all on sale for 99 cents each. Was it Buck so, Books? Yes, yeah, so, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we did Buck Books yesterday. And so the idea is, okay, 15 authors are all promoting this event. Plus, Buck Books has hundreds of other people that promote their events anyways. Because, and, then, and then they have a mailing list of like 30,000 people. So the whole idea is you don't have to just go, you don't have to do it all alone. Uh, if you're part of a promotion like this, then you're getting exposure to tens of thousands of people. And yeah, that's going to drive books. I mean, we were, I was a number three entrepreneurship book on all of Amazon for, for most of yesterday. And that's, that's amazing, right? The book's like two years old. But you do a new promotion and boom, back up the charts you go. So I'd, I'd always just uh, tell authors that you know, it's a long game, it's a marathon, Mm-hmm. And keep looking at different opportunities and basically just do everything. Like I will happily be on podcasts and, uh, and guest articles or whatever talking about my book because I'm passionate about it. And because I know that if I do 50 podcasts, then you know, eventually I'll reach tens of thousands of people and, and that all helps. So there's, uh, there's so many different ways to get out there, especially with everything available on the internet now. And, uh, I mean, there's no excuse to not have success with your book if you're willing to put in the work and show up consistently and, uh, and, and put in the effort. Yeah, well, um, this makes me think that entrepreneurship and being a self-published author are really close in terms that if you want to succeed in both cases, you have to hustle. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, that's like a a, a truism, right? It's because say you're you know you're say you're starting a company or say you're writing a book. If you don't sit down and write, then it, then nothing's getting done. So <laughs> until you've got a team, until you've got uh, a proper business with people working with you and so forth, yeah, you you definitely have to hustle because if you don't, who will? So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one will do it for you, apparently, you know, at least, at <laughs> people least. will do it for you if you pay them, but then you got to pay them. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is kind of, you know, not always the preferred option. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not, not many, especially the, the newbie writers can't really afford these uh, quite expensive services. Well, so. let's, let's, let's touch on that. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because, because you know a lot of people I hear that a lot and my experience is that you know you can get for example a great editor for $300 or so you can get uh, a great looking book cover design for $300 $400 um using sites like 99designs.com and uh, and I use elance.com all the time to to hire and manage different people so it doesn't have to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars to get something that's great. It just requires putting in that extra effort to like really find good designers and spend the time to work with editors and so forth so that everything uh, you know, looks the way you want. And it doesn't have to break the bank, I guess. Hopefully that's the good news. Yeah, well, that's that's really a good news. And uh, I think that 
the things you mentioned, like the editor and the cover, those are the elements who are which are not less important, uh, if not even for the very beginning to attract the attention, even more important than the content itself. Because if those are not good, um, then uh, people won't uh, really um, get attracted to the book and not even try to get and read it and if they don't then you know no matter what brilliant ideas you have there and how well it's written no one will know right yeah <laughs> it's a it, it's a funny thing that you could spend so much time writing a book uh i mean you could there's faster ways to do it too but let's say that you spend months and months to write a book and then you're finally done you're like i did it i finished my book right now and now okay let's publish it and you think that, wow, you just completed this big journey, but that's actually the beginning of yeah. <laughs> the next journey, which is getting people getting people's attention. Because here's the thing, right? When you're just focusing on writing your own book, and, I, and this is true for me too, right? You're focusing very closely on just this one book. So you're looking at it in a vacuum. But in the market, right, for, for the business side of books and promotion, your book has to exist alongside thousands of other books, right? Ton, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And so you've got a market or else you'd be drowned out or just you won't even be visible uh, with everything else that's going on. And so, you know, that's just, uh, I guess, reaffirms what you mentioned. But yeah, yeah it's, it's just the hustle all around. And, uh, and that's just sort of the price to, to, to realize your dream of being, you know, a top selling author and, and touching people's lives with your work. Yeah, well, I mean, you are working with authors and helping them come up with bestsellers, right? Yes, correct. So, yeah, we have a, an author, an eight-week author training program that we're just uh, getting close to the end of now. We've got close to a hundred authors going through this, and it just describes the whole process of finishing a great-looking book to doing a pre-launch uh, campaign and building your presence online. And then how to actually do the launch and hit bestseller lists. And then finally, how to transition that into growing a back-end business. So there's, uh, it's the IDEA is, is the exact, the same thing that my book is about is the same way that we built the training. So IDEA, uh, Ignite, Develop, Execute, and Accelerate your book launch. And that's the bestseller campaign blueprint training. Okay, so do you think that what you teach is kind of applicable for everyone? So it's like, you know, there is some kind of formula that if one follows, he will eventually end up with a bestseller or there are some other var valuables um, along that as well? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you're going to self-publish and you're going to do it on Amazon, let's say, uh, if you're willing to spend some money on advertising and marketing, you can more or less ensure yourself of getting on some bestseller list. But the, I mean, the the straight path to becoming a bestseller is market and promote it with advertising, and literally, you know, drive people to your website and to your book site, um, and and launch it in that way. And so. You know, it, it's not if you're a published author, you still have to promote your book because a publisher's job isn't to market it. And so, um, <laughs> I mean, I guess basically the the point here is that 
if if you want to be an author like full time as a career, then you sh- should just sort of accept that a large part of that is doing marketing, doing uh, interviews, getting out and uh, interviewing other people, doing all these different media approaches from maybe starting a podcast or doing a blog, whatever is going to fit the content of your book right and serve your audience the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you should be spending like hours a day uh, focusing on it once the book is done and out there. Yeah, well, exactly. And I, I don't know why, I don't know. I mean, did you, since you have this experience working with authors, do you know why authors kind of um, somehow, I don't know the reason, but somehow they perceive marketing as something really bad? <laughs> and, well, why, do, why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. That, that, that was my question. Why do they perceive? Because, I mean, very, many people say, you know, I'm a writer. I don't want to market. I'm not a business person. I'm not the pushy salesman, you know, things like that, which which sound kind of negative because marketing itself, uh, I don't see it as, as something negative. I, I just see it as, as part of a business. And if you're a self-published author, then you're a businessman and, and <laughs> the book is your product. So I, I don't know. I mean, do, do you know where does this negative approach come towards the marketing thing? Because many kind of avoid it because they, they think it's not something good to do. Well, yes. I mean, look, I'm very familiar with this phenomenon, but and I have a couple of feelings on it. I mean, if people, okay, let me put it this way. Nobody loves being sold, but everybody loves to buy. It's sort of the first rule of selling, right? Nobody wants marketing. When people think of marketing in a bad way, they think, oh my God, somebody new is trying to sell me something, right? Well, everybody's trying to sell everybody something, whether it's a product or an idea, uh, we're all in the game of persuasion and selling, and you know uh, that's sort of how business works. But if you are not confident in your book, or you don't, if you have a self-esteem issue and saying, you know, who am I to promote my book, and and who am I to you know take a stand on these issues in my book? Well, then your career might be very short because people that are confident and believe in their work are going to outrun you by embracing the fact that marketing is really part of it's not marketing if you're talking about the ideas in your book and how they can help people's lives that's not marketing that's i don't know teaching or sharing or training and then if you do that and it makes an impact then somebody's going to be interested in getting your book and not just your book but everything else that you have available too so the marketing doesn't have to be like, hey, hey, buy my book. Hey, buy my book. It's more like something like this, right? Where you have a conversation about the ideas and strategies and perspectives uh, in the book or about being an author. And then some people are going to be interested. And those people are the ones that you want to focus even more on because they're your readers and then they're your clients. And then they're, you know, maybe your uh, joint venture partners one day. Mm-hmm. So. I just see it as part of a long progression. Like the people I used to look up to and and go to their seminars and learn from, right? I'd pay to attend their seminars. Now I'm partnering with them and and soon, you know, developing products or doing a book launch for for them. So as long as you keep showing up and you like pay attention to what's going on in your industry and always try and add value to other people, then uh, you get eventually you get opportunities and. When you get those opportunities, then you 
then you got to hustle at those opportunities. But eventually, you look around and you're like, oh wow, I'm not, I'm not just starting out anymore, right? If you do this for a year, for two years, then uh, you're going to meet a lot of people in your field, and some of them will resonate with you, and those become the ones that you focus on. Just keeping in mind that you know most things don't work out. Most ideas don't become a real book or a business. And so it's always about you know, finding what's working and, and doubling down on that and, uh, and cutting your losses on whatever's not. Mm-hmm. But I, that's starting to get into a new subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned, uh, I mean, we, we spoke about writing and then we spoke about marketing. And I have a feeling that many authors kind of can't really find the optimal balance in, in in between those two because I have a feeling that many concentrate on either writing or marketing and kind of you know tend to um, I mean once you're focused more on on one side the other side suffers so how how can one kind of you know find this ultimate uh, sweet spot and balance between those two um well I think as a starting point it's important like we were talking about before, that you don't mix the marketing and writing part so much that your book just becomes a marketing brochure, mm-hmm. right? You get you, There's a time when you have to just not think about marketing, not think about anything else really, just think about what's the best way I can present these ideas in a book form and how can I structure the book and the content so that it really helps people and, uh, and really you know, makes an impact. Say, okay, now you've got some of that. Now you can shift your attention and say, okay, now where are the people that are my perfect readers? Where are the people that these ideas are going to really make an impact on? And then the marketing becomes, how do you get your book in front of those people? And so, and so there, is a, you know, there is a line. Uh, it's usually not where we think it is in terms of what's the dividing line between writing and, and marketing. The reality is, is probably 20 or 30% writing and 70 or 80% marketing to really make a career out of it. And, uh, and I can tell you that that's true because long after I finished writing my book, I'm still doing promotions and, and things to this day, but, but I don't look at it as a bad thing at all. I love these opportunities to, uh, to speak with people and, and talk about ideas and you know, these are the things I'd, I'd want to be talking about anyway. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I think of it as fun mm-hmm. uh, instead of like, oh God, now I have to go do marketing, this horrible thing that I don't like doing. Well, you know what? A lot of times, here's, a, here's an analogy for authors, you live into your own story. And so if, you, if your story is, I don't like marketing, I hate doing marketing, well then yeah, you're going to hate it when you do marketing or even more likely is you just won't do marketing because you think you're going to hate it. But if you're like, if you take the opposite approach, you're like, I'm so happy with this book. I'm so in love with these ideas and I know they can really help people. I just, I got to go out and share it with as many people as possible. In fact, I feel it's my duty to get out and share this because I don't want to just keep it to myself. Well, that's a whole different approach to really the same thing, marketing, finding the people that are going to love your book and, and getting it in front of them. But uh, but it's a different approach. It's one that comes from a sense of like purpose and, and almost obligation to share it. 
Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. And I mean, usually I'm asking question about the first book and the newbie writers, but this time I, I would kind of rephrase it and, and make it a bit different with you. So let's say, let, let's take my example. I mean, it, my example is a very vivid one to show that once you stop marketing efforts, everything dries out. So I have two best-selling books on Amazon, which did very well, and they were number one bestsellers in several categories, Uh, both of them fiction. One was a a book of short stories, and the other one was a novel. And later on, I kind of, you know, um, I had many different other projects, etc. So I kind of completely stopped uh, promoting those. And eventually, now they are not selling at all, because for about a year, I haven't touched anything about that. And I haven't promoted it even on this podcast. (laughs) So um, let's say someone is in that kind of situation. How do you kind of revive things? Where do you start? What you should do? Do you do a complete relaunch? Or do you put it away from Amazon and republish? Or what do you do in these situations? I mean, I def it, I definitely do a relaunch, and uh, and when I say a relaunch, I mean create some event around it. Like, um, I mean, w- with Amazon in particular, you can do those free giveaway days up to five days out of every three months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a great way to relaunch and get some new attention is create some event around a day when you're going to make your book available for free or at a at a big discount. And then uh, promote the heck out of it. So have a, a do a live hangout or do a webinar. Invite people to hang out and you know talk to them, answer questions, teach about your topic. But really, you know, set the book to be available for free or at a discount and promote it. Promote it to your email list. Get joint venture partners to mail out for it. Run Facebook ads and drive all of the attention around building your list, reaching new people, and driving more book sales. And uh, and that's a great way to to pop it back onto the charts because once it's back on a chart, then uh, then it'll ex- it'll get exposed to you know four to five times the number of people mm-hmm. that uh, that you. So for example, if I send a hundred people and I say, okay, all all hundred of these people, I'm going to send them to Amazon and they're going to download my book. Okay, so I know that there's a hundred downloads, but then once that happens, if that gets me onto some chart. I'll end up selling 200, 300, maybe even more books because other people see it and it gets recommended to people that bought it, etc. Amazon really works to promote your book once it's starting to sell. So you've got to give it that initial push and then, uh, and then it'll get exposed to more new people. So how would you, I mean, the problem with me is that my main audience is from my podcast and my website, which is about self-publishing and book marketing and things like that. And, you know, I'm correcting this by writing a nonfiction book on those topics, kind of to leverage that. But uh, my main books, and I'm mainly a fiction author for which I have no audience at this stage. So uh, how would you recommend to to do a free days promotion or uh, the the deals ninety nine cent deals days, which is kind of better. I mean, they're both honestly either either one would work fine. But I think the idea here is you're saying how do you get it back? How do you get some new momentum going 
well, pick one of those. I'd say do a free day, and then uh, and then market it, but but not just make it for free and then leave it alone, but really build an event around it. Like mm. when I when I relaunched uh, my book before, not yesterday for Buck Books, but uh, two months ago, I, I created a whole event. I called it Lifestyle Entrepreneur Day. And, you know, in the, I said, here's the calendar of events for Lifestyle Entrepreneur Day. Uh, it, all day long, the book is free. Go grab a copy. You're welcome. And, uh, and at, you know, 10 a.m., I'm going to do a Google Hangout. And, um, and, you know, you're welcome to join. And I interviewed some other people and, you know, just made it a big experience where you could come and learn from people that were in the book, et cetera. And then I taught a live course uh, in the evening. So basically, it was a whole day of events um, focused around the book, all of which were free. And the result was, you know, I think maybe 800, 900 or more uh, book downloads just in that one day. And then that turned into uh, hundreds of new people on my email list. And eventually, some of those people became clients, et cetera. So as long as it's not just about, hey, let's set the book for free and then... Uh, and then see what happens. But like actually planning out something that mm-hmm. your readers will like, maybe it's, you know, uh, it, 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 there's so many opportunities for fiction. I'd have to get a little creative, but I'm sure, I mean, fiction, by the way, is the best selling category of all time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. if you look at the if you look at the overall best selling list on all of Amazon, it's like nine out of 10 books are, you know, fiction or novels or romance novels. There's not business books and stuff like that on the all time on the top top seller lists. It's more more fiction books. So, yeah. I mean, fiction authors actually have a bigger potential market, even though business authors and business books speak to a very specific group. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's plenty of opportunity there. Okay. If if I try to kind of wrap up the whole conversation we were having, can I kind of conclude that? One has to write a good quality book and have all the elements, a good quality elements in place, like the book cover and edited text, etc., etc. One has to hustle and one doesn't have to shy away from marketing and keep on ongoing marketing efforts once the book is out. Yeah, th- those are all true. And, you know, I'd add to that to actually embrace the marketing and don't think of it as marketing think of it as sharing the ideas in your book with uh with people in different ways so you can make this as fun and creative and interactive as uh as you want right it doesn't have to be just hey buy my book hey buy my book it's like hey let's do a uh, you know an event and we'll do live q and a or hey let me teach on these topics or I'll interview these people that uh, I wrote about in the book there's so many different ways to do something that accomplishes the goals of marketing, but is actually a fun experience that people want to be a part of. That's the best marketing of all. Um, so does it, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be my final thought. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming over. I think we had quite a fruitful conversation over here. So I hope it helps the people who listened. And uh, I wish you success with your upcoming book. Thanks so much, Ani. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Well, that was it for today. Please don't forget to hop on and register to the webinar I spoke about so much in the very beginning. So a really great webinar to help you 
Discover how to use the power of podcasting to gain an audience, get in front of avid readers and sell more books in just seven easy steps. Please go to www.annialexander.com slash webinar. annialexander.com slash webinar. Well, and I hope that you will be having a productive week and uh, you will keep writing and hopefully someday very soon you will email me and let me know about the book that you will be publishing. Are you struggling trying to figure out how to sell copies of your book? especially the first 100 copies? The Author Marketing Institute is offering access to their latest free video course called Selling the First 100 Copies of Your Book. This is the course everyone should have when they started publishing. It goes through all the basics from starting a mailing list to experimenting with different prices. If you follow the instructions in this course, you should be primed and ready to sell your first 100 copies, if not many more. Sign up for free at www.authormarketinginstitute.com.